Center for Parent Youth Understanding and the CPYU Podcast Network, you're listening to The Word in Youth Ministry, a podcast by youth workers for youth workers, where we give insights, strategies, and helps for effectively teaching God's Word to our students. Here we are on episode 16 of the Word in Youth Ministry podcast. My name is Kyle. I'm a youth pastor in Canfield, Ohio at Old North Church, and I'm here like always with my friends Matt and Linda. Matt, how are you doing today in San Antonio, Texas? I'm, I'm doing pretty well. It's a balmy uh, November day where we are, and uh, and uh, yeah, just a happy happy to be here on this podcast as always with you guys. And Linda, you're doing well today down in Orlando? Yeah, Florida's great. This is the great time of year where it's November, but the high still 78, so everybody can be jealous. Yeah, we're, we're going to look forward to the day when we're recording uh, together all in one location, and I can almost guarantee you that will be at the CPYU headquarters in Pennsylvania. So hopefully that will not be on a cold, wintry day, but one day uh, we will not be in Ohio and Florida and Texas. I believe there will be a day sometime, might be three years from now, where we will all be together. But we're not here to talk about that today. We're here to talk about a very important topic. Uh, Episode 16, we're going to talk about uh, the reality of heaven and hell and how to communicate this reality and what the Bible teaches about heaven and hell to our students. I just want to remind our listeners as we jump into this conversation that it can be daunting to think about teaching about these topics to students, to talk about uh, the reality of hell to a 12-year-old girl who is uh, going through all kinds of different things, and at the same time, to be sitting beside a 17-year-old boy who is looking at the rest of their life and thinking how heaven and hell deals with the rest of this. But it's just a reminder for us as youth workers that if the Bible teaches something, we must be teaching it to students. We don't want them to wait till they're adults or wait till they're in college to think about these things. We want to teach them now. So Matt, why don't you uh, start us out with a biblical theology? How does this idea of heaven and hell work its way through the Bible uh, and how we would think about that with students? Yeah, well, the first thing that we see is that God lives in the heavens. Um, the Hashemayim in Hebrew, it's the place of God's dwelling. And, um, but we don't dwell in the heavens, right? We dwell on earth. And so um, for a long period of time, the question was, okay, well, how do I how can God and man live together again? You know, at one point in the garden, God walked in the cool of the day with Adam and Eve, and now we're cast out of his presence. And um, what we see in the Bible is that those, um, those who die in the Lord um, have the hope of eternal life. And in the Old Testament, it's particularly the hope of the resurrection, that we're, we're going to shine in some way with God. Um, in, the, in the New Testament, Jesus puts, gives us a lot more insight into what the afterlife will look like. He he talks a lot about um, his father in heaven and the kingdom of heaven, that he's brought heaven to earth in the person of himself. But at the same time, um, it's only when we die and are with the Lord that we go to be in, in uh, God's presence. He also talks about the sadness um, of, of hell, that those who do not come to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ will be cast out and into outer darkness or Um, where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. It's also a place of fire burning. These are images of judgment, um, sadness, and, and, um, and destruction. Then as the, the New Testament story continues to unfold, we see that Jesus has a resurrection body. He rises from the dead. And we realize that there's this, these two places, heaven and hell 
or at least uh, there's there's two aspects to them. There's one before the resurrection. So when we die right now, we go to be with the Lord. Um, that's heaven. Or if we don't know Jesus when we die, we go to a place of darkness. But then in the resurrection, our bodies and our souls reunite and believers go to uh, believers get to live in a place called the new heavens and the new earth in an embodied state forever and ever with our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's really what we're looking forward to. Um, and so when we think about heaven, sometimes people talk about heaven as that resurrected state. And sometimes they talk about heaven as this time before Jesus returns in uh, where our souls are in, in heaven. And, and so we just need to recognize that there's distinctions there, though both are good places to be. Okay, so as we think about more places that the Bible teaches uh, about heaven and earth, one, one of the places I've gone is in Revelation. Um, a little over a year ago, we were doing a series through Revelation, and obviously that brings up a lot of things um, about the life to come. Um, there were a lot of practical implications that our students saw throughout the book too, um, which we I'm sure we'll get into some of those as this uh, episode goes on. But as you get towards the end of Revelation, you really start to see this contrast between the two destinies um, that we have. So Revelation 19 and 20 was, um, I think, one section that I taught on together. And really in, in chapter 19, you see this contrast of Christ versus Satan. And then in chapter 20, you see the contrast of the two destinies, you know, so you have Christ, the divine warrior for his people, and he's going to defeat Satan and his allies. Um, But then you see that, uh, you know, Christ's followers are going to end up in the new creation, whereas Satan's followers are going to end up in the burning lake. Um, And so from there, um, you have to deal with the reality that there is no other destiny. There's either this really awful one um, or there's this really wonderful one. Um, And so we have to point out the realities to our students that uh, you're on the path to one of these destinies um, and help them kind of wrestle through that, um, realize that 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 is the reality. Um, As you go on in Revelation chapter 21, that's where you get a lot of the beautiful descriptions we know um, about the new heavens and the new earth. And one practical thing you can get into here um, beyond just how beautiful it is, um, is actually going on even into 21 and 22, I should say. Um, The very end of Revelation ends with this cry of, uh, a amen come lord jesus after he has just said surely i am coming soon right it ends with this cry of we want jesus to come and this is one of those areas where it can get so practical for students i remember ending um that curriculum lesson with this question of hey do we join in that cry do we really want jesus to come soon Or if he came tomorrow, would you be disappointed because you had missed out on something in life? Um, As we think about heaven, so much of it for students can perhaps be unappealing or seem boring or whatever, because there's something on this earth that they are so interested in more so than they are interested in being with Jesus. Do we join in that cry or would we complete the sentence, you know, I hope that Jesus doesn't come back until I get to do fill in the blank first. Um, 
what, what, what is the thing that our students are putting in that blank? And there are so many different things, right? They want to win that state championship. They want to get married and have a family. They want to um, be able to party and have fun. They want to be out of their parents' rules and house. Um, they want to just be able to have sex, like whatever it is, um, they can put so many other things. Um, we can find in ourselves this desire for Jesus to delay ret his return. And that's a sign in our hearts that something else has captured our hearts more than Jesus has, right? And so it's this call that's very practical um, at the end of Revelation to remind us that uh, we need to reorient our hearts back to Jesus. And so it really does get practical as we consider heaven in these ways. Linda, thank you so much for sharing that, because as we think about, you, you know, so many people know Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, but many of us don't realize how the whole, the whole Bible ends, right? The 66th book of the Bible, he who testifies to these things says, surely I am coming soon. Amen. Come Lord Jesus. And it's a really good um, heart check for us to uh, think about what are there idols in our lives as youth workers, but also in our students' lives that are separating them from God. Uh, this reminds me of a, a quote that uh, comes from John Piper. I believe it's in his book, God is the Gospel. And I remember I was a senior in high school when I, when I read this quote, and it, it says, the critical question for our generation and for every generation is this. If you could have heaven with no sickness, and with all the friends you ever had on earth, and all the food you ever liked, and all the leisure activities you ever enjoyed, and all the natural beauties you ever saw, all the physical pleasures you ever tasted, and no human conflict or any natural disasters, could you be satisfied with heaven if Christ was not there? And I think this is getting a little bit to what you were saying, Linda, about are we valuing something over the second coming of Christ, but is as we discuss these topics of heaven and hell with our students is helping them realize that the reason heaven is going to be awesome is not because they're there or not because their friends are there, but the reason heaven is going to be awesome is because Jesus is there. And I think as we just all, as we continue to think about this topic, um, I was just on Sunday teaching our students about the reality of the church on earth and how God redirects our life through his people and I was just reminded as I was teaching these high school students that if people don't enjoy being with other Christians on earth, like heaven's going to really be unfortunate, right? Because Jesus will be there and we will be with other followers of Jesus forever, not just until 1030 and the first service ends at our church or not just until youth group is over. Um, but heaven will be awesome because Jesus is there. Um, and I think another just really practical thing that Linda, as we think about, uh, the end of revelation. And we think about just teaching these important things to our students. Um, I was recently reminded just how confusing the book of revelation is and how, when we teach revelation to anyone, but especially to students, we can get so sidetracked and why is this creature here? And what is this horn? And, and what, what do these people mean? And, and yes, these are important things that we should, uh, should think about. That's why we should put really good study Bibles in the hands of our students. But I was just reminded recently, when we're teaching Revelation or hard biblical texts, let's focus on the most important things. Let's focus on, like, because we don't even have answers on what some of these things in Revelation means. So most likely the 15-year-old girl in our youth group isn't going to have an answer either, and that's okay. 
but let's focus on what's most important and let's teach that to our students. Matt, I was thinking as you were giving us this biblical theology and as Linda's kind of tying this all together, um, have you ever had a time where you were talking to either, um, yeah, a middle school or high school student about these things and how you kind of tied this together for them specifically? Yeah, a couple of things uh, jumped to mind. One is, you know, I, I think there's an assumption, oh, you know, heaven is going to be this perfect place. Well, it sounds really boring, you know, and but the question is, is, well, what do you think perfect means? Mm. <laughs> like, and not, not to be mean about it, right? But just a simple like, well, what do you think perfect means? If perfect means what it says it means, then it's going to be perfect, right? And so, but the, that's the point there is just to interrogate um, interrogate the question of, well, yeah, like what, what makes life worth living for you? You know what I mean? And, and, and y'all have already touched on that really well. Um, the other thing that jumps to mind is just this idea of hell is just really off-putting, I think, for a lot of people. And, and one of the things, you know, we hear a lot is like, well, God, you know, God might have been, you know, wrathful in the Old Testament, but not in the New Testament, which is not true about God. But uh, I like to respond to that and say, well, actually, there's a lot more wrath in the New Testament than there is in the Old Testament. They say, well, what do you, you know, what do you mean by that? And so two reasons. One is Jesus actually talks about hell a lot, um, that he is, he doesn't shy away from kind of using it as a, as the, the, the stick, you know, that kind of directs us towards making a good choice. The second reason, the more important reason is that Jesus takes the wrath of God upon himself on the cross. And so we see God's wrath more clearly or most clearly displayed in the Bible in the, uh, in the crucifixion of Jesus. And so, recognizing that there's a price to be paid, um, that there is a punishment that has to be meted out um, is, is something that, you know, Jesus experienced that we even confess this, you know, right, like on the cross in the Apostles Creed that Jesus descended into hell, you know. And the one last thing that I, I have said to students before is that there's no one in hell that doesn't want to be there. And, and what I mean by that is this, is that we, we end up getting what we truly desire. If you truly desire to know who Jesus is um, and you've repented and, and grown and you want him to be the center of your life, well, he'll be the center of your life for eternity in heaven. Um, if, if you decide, you know what, I think that I've got the answers and I think that I know what I'm talking about, I'm going to make my own decisions, um, you, will, you will get what you deserve, which is by our very nature, we're going to choose, um, we will prefer a world of wrath and without God. Uh, if we haven't chosen God in life, then we wouldn't want to choose him in death either. And so hell, as it were, is both a place of active uh, judgment from God, but it's also a place of chosen uh, judgment. Hell is locked from the inside, as C.S. Lewis says. And we need to help, help our students understand that this is reality, right? So many of our students, as we were pointing to earlier, are so focused on what's coming later in life. And I don't think all of that is bad, right? It's, it's good to realize that there's more than just the here and now, but it's almost like we're, we're thinking about what's going to happen later on in life, but we're not thinking about what's going to happen for all of eternity. And we're not realizing that even if, if, the, if the kids in our youth group live uh, the average lifespan, right? Somewhere around 80 years, depending um, what that looks like. Like that's still like one little piece of sand on like the seashore of eternity. And so what we need to do is, not only help our students have a bigger view of God, but also help our students have a bigger view of time and to realize that the time that we have is so precious. And I'm just thinking about someone I know who recently passed away, who uh, was uh, in her 90s, 
And uh, when, when she died, I had a lot of conversations with her leading up to her death about heaven and hell, but there was a lot of things that she was unsure about and unsure about the gospel and unsure about whether God would allow her into heaven or not. And I just wish that I could have known this lady when she was 14. I wish that I could have known her when, you know, I like to use the terminology and I think we probably used it on this podcast before when her life was wet cement, uh, when instead of having to use a jackhammer to really like shake up what she believes, I wish I could have went back to when she was a teenager, when things were still a little more wet and a little more formable and taught her about heaven and hell and how Jesus is the way for us to get to heaven. Because later on in her life, it was so hard for her to get her mind around that she had to not earn her way to heaven, but instead she needed to believe in Jesus in order to get to heaven. So I just think this is a plea and this is an encouragement for the youth workers who are listening to this podcast to not underlook the gift that God has given you and the gift that God has given the three of us to teach these realities to students uh, because eternity is long. Heaven is going to be awesome for a long time and hell is going to be horrific for a long time. And just to think that every student that God has placed in our student ministries is going to spend eternity in one of these two places. So Matt, as, as we just think about this, what, what, does, this, what does this mean for you? I, I think one thing, um, one thing that I like to tell students about is we use perfect. So we talk about heaven being a perfect place. We use perfect generally in a couple of different ways. One way we use perfect is moral perfection. You know, there's not, there's not going to be any, any sin. And that's what we mean when we talk about heaven. There's no sin there. There's nothing that makes us sad or sick or, uh, or anything like that. But we sometimes use the word perfect to talk about like completeness or finishedness. So I think that sometimes our students get the idea that in heaven, everything is, a, is pretty static. And I actually don't think that that's what's happening in heaven at all. That in the new heavens and the new earth, it's dynamic. There's growth that happens. Like we're not, we're not complete yet. We're without sin, but we're actually still growing. We're going to learn more about who God is every single day. I think C.S. Lewis gets it right where each chapter of the, of the book is better than the next one. Um, and so like, I think we're going to learn things in heaven. Like I might be able to finally pick up piano and actually be able to play it better. You know, I, I think that there's, there's a reality here that is so much, that is what we were created. We were always created to expand the glory of God into this universe. Like that's what's happening in Genesis chapter one. Um, that we're going to fulfill them, you know, fill the earth and subdue it, right? And and I actually think that that continues in the new heavens and new earth. Like the world is not complete teleologically; it's just perfect morally. And those are two different things. And 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 I think that's actually an exciting vision to cast for your students. That there's so much more growth and learning and uh, excitement and yeah, there's progress to be made, which is going to be fun. Matt, you are so faithful on this podcast to point us to C.S. Lewis, and I love it because th that at the very end of the Chronicles of Narnia, the very last, the very last book is where they end, and I, I used that in a funeral I officiated one time. That you know, as time went on, every every chapter, every page, every chapter, everything is better than the one before it. And I think it just continues to help us realize and help our students realize that things are moving in, in a direction. It's different, uh, going to be different then than it is now. So we're going to go uh, take a short break. And then when we come back, we're going to continue to think about how we teach our students about heaven and hell. Hey, youth workers, this is Walt Mueller from CPYU. I want to encourage you to expand your ministry to parents by working to encourage, educate, and equip them 
to effectively nurture their kids in the faith in the midst of our rapidly changing youth culture. One of our most popular free resources, our Youth Culture Today Daily One Minute Podcast, is designed to help you do just that. You can find an archive of hundreds of episodes on our website at cpyu.org. Or you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Expand your ministry to parents by pointing them to our Youth Culture Today podcast. And we're back on the Word in Youth Ministry podcast. I want to remind you before we jump back into this discussion that if you have any feedback or questions or uh, recommended topics for future episodes, you can email us at the word in YM at cpyu.org. That's the word in YM at cpyu.org. Especially, we did an episode earlier on uh, just difficult passages of the Bible to teach. I just say, like, if there's anything that you'd like to teach in your youth ministry that you think would be helpful for others to uh, hear about, for us to discuss, uh, we'd love to hear that feedback from you. But today, as we continue to discuss the reality of heaven and hell and thinking about what this means for our students, uh, Linda's going to continue this conversation further for us. Sure. So when we talk about heaven and hell, I think it's important, probably just like any other topic, to make it really practical for our students. Um, We can give our students big uh, ideas and they don't really know how to apply it to their lives, right? So when it comes to uh, teaching on heaven, it can be pretty easy to get the students to go, oh yeah, like I, I really long for a place where there's no crying and pain and tears anymore. Like that sounds great. Um, But if that's true, then what does that actually mean for our lives? You know, and I would point them to scriptures that tell us things like we should be storing our treasure up in heaven. Or another one I would look at is in Colossians chapter three. Um, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God, set your mind uh, on things that are above, not on things that are on earth for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ and God. When Christ, who is your life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. And he goes on to talk about put to death, therefore, what's earthly in you and list several things. And later on, put on then as God's chosen ones, uh, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, all, all this kind of stuff, right? So one of the really practical implications for students of these realities is it really affects the way that you, you should be living your life now. Are you... Uh, setting your minds and your hearts on things that are earthly, on those earthly accomplishments and pleasures, or are we very practically um, treasuring those things that are in heaven? And that should come out in um, the ways that we love our lives now, the way that we prioritize our time, um, different things like that. Like if, if we long for that place where there is no conflict and uh lying and these kinds of things that we see descriptions of heaven and then we we should live that way now we should you know be the people who are the peacemakers who are truth tellers and whatnot like that um there are just some very practical implications we can take students to with this and for students to just figure out um how to prioritize these things right now is so crucial because there are so many people who are in their 40s and 50s and 60s who 
never learned how to do this when they were uh, when they were teenagers. It reminds me of one of my favorite quotes uh, from Walt Mueller, who is the president of CPYU. He said, uh, when they're children, we think for them. So when they're teenagers, we think with them. So when they're adults, they think for themselves. And Linda, what you're pointing towards here is that we want to think with these teenagers now on how to put things in the right perspective. Like I was just thinking as you were explaining that, just helping, helping students realize, what do I actually treasure? And that's a big deal for a teenager to think, do I treasure Jesus or do I treasure popularity at school? Like, I don't blame many students for choosing popularity at school over Jesus because they never actually learned their need for Christ or the reality of Christ. But when we think about this, we want to be thinking with teenagers now so that when they're adults, not only can they think for themselves, but if God gives them families, they're teaching their children these correct things, right? Youth ministry is such a generational ministry because teenagers don't stay teenagers forever, right? And we want to be teaching them things now so it affects them for the rest of their lives. Matt, how does this play out for you? Yeah, I think a bit, a word that I think of is the word waiting, we're approaching the Advent season, and that's a season where we're waiting for our Savior to return. And in Philippians 3, uh, 20, it says this, our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. And just a very practical thing that we see in Scripture is that um, particularly the Pharisees, they don't wait for their gratification from God. They pray so that they're noticed by others, or they perform deeds so that um, people will uh, glorify them on earth. And Jesus says, you see, when, you see when you do that, you've already got your reward. And Jesus is saying, look, do things in light of this coming glory so that you're not looking for glory now, but you're waiting for the glory that's going to be revealed at the coming of Jesus. And I, I, so I think waiting and patience is a very important application of the coming uh, heaven. I think as we continue to think about the reality and, and the patience of waiting for heaven that will come eventually, is one thing I found helpful over the years just teaching students is just the necessary uh, like topic of teaching students about hell. But when we're doing that, not only to scare them about hell, but to teach them one way that they can, uh, ha I got to be careful how I word this, one way that they can influence where kids are going to spend eternity is whether they are actually evangelizing their friends or not, right? And when we're talking about the reality of heaven and hell is we can use this as, a, as an opportunity to train students on how to share their faith with their friends. And I'm thinking of First uh, Peter 3.15. Uh, we use this verse a lot, but it says, in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. And I think as we study just the Christian landscape, especially in America, there's a lot of people talking about these things and talking about the hope that's within them, but it's usually lacking gentleness and respect. So if we can help students realize not only how to share their faith, which is obviously an implication of that is they need to know what they actually believe, what their hope is and who it is ultimately in Jesus. But yet they're sharing it with gentleness and respect. 
this is something uh, that can help them share their faith with their friends. I, I think of one of our youth leaders who became a Christian when she was 15. Now she is in her 60s. She's a grandma. She served in our student ministry for many years. But when she was, I think, 14 or 15, one of her friends or two of her friends were bold in inviting her to youth group. She wasn't raised in a Christian home, but she was invited to come to youth group. And when she was invited to come to youth group or to church, eventually she put her faith in Christ. I just think of how many of our students need to be urged, need to be need to hear us pray that God will give them courage uh, to share their faith with their friends. Uh, because yes, God does use youth workers. Yes, God does use pastors, uh, but God does use teenagers to reach other teenagers, uh, which is so important as we think about this idea of the, of the reality of heaven and hell. And so we thank you for listening to this episode of the Word in Youth Ministry. And we uh, would just ask you to like, share, and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you are listening today. And we look forward to being with you next time as we continue to think about the importance of teaching the Bible to teenagers and the effects that the Word has in youth ministries, not only in our churches, but churches across the country. We'll be with you next time. Thanks for listening to The Word in Youth Ministry. To learn more about CPYU and the resources mentioned on today's podcast, visit us online at cpyu.org.